Hey everybody, welcome to Cultivation with Kevy. I am your host, Kevy the Dreamer, and today I am honored to bring my friend, my personal financial planner, the Duncan Ferris. How you doing, Duncan? I'm doing great, Kevin. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. Listen, I already know that this is going to bless us so much. Um, we're, I'm going to tell you guys some deep stuff about myself um, and just be vulnerable. And he is going to help us through this. If you're anything like me, they don't teach financial literacy. You know, that that's that's like an elective course that you take in your adulthood. When you're in high school, when you're in college, even, I feel like that stuff is is foreign language to us. We're not taught about credit. We're not taught about... You know, I, I remember taking an accounting class in high school, and that was how I learned how to balance a checkbook. But that was as far as it went. You know, it, it wasn't beyond, you know, you have your, I don't even remember the terms now, um, you know, but you have like your positives and your negatives and all that. And yeah, so I know that this is going to bless you guys as much as, as much as it blesses myself. Excuse me. Okay, Duncan. So... <laughs> To let the audience get to know you a little bit, I'm going to ask you a few different icebreaker questions. Sure. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Um, just silly stuff. But I have three questions for you, and I'm just curious to hear how you answer it, just because I know you a little bit, and I just <laughs> think it'll be funny. Um, if aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and offered to take you with them, would you go? Uh, for a limited time, I love this right? I think that it's such a small universe, such a yeah. big universe. Yeah. Um, I think that we're probably not alone, so I would welcome that, but I would uh, hope that I get <laughs> Earth eventually. <laughs> Listen, Duncan said, I'm here for one night only. <laughs> exactly. A little vacation. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Next question for you is, you have to sing karaoke. What is your go-to karaoke song? Ooh. Definitely lose yourself by Eminem. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so you're a little bit of a rapper. Okay, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> rapper. I've actually done that. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh wow. Okay, I love I that. Me twice, but uh, that was the go-to song both times. So I, had a good time. I need recorded footage of that. Somebody out there has to have it. <laughs> I'll try to dig it up. <laughs> Last question for you is. What's your favorite sandwich and why? That's a good question. Probably turkey. That's kind of my go-to. Actually, I had a Panera turkey sandwich today. So Okay. And you know, side, side note, I've never been to, you're talking about Panera bread? Yep. I've never been to Panera bread. And it's so funny. When I go to Subway, that's what I get. I get a boring like turkey club. Turkey. I'm kind of weird. I do turkey, American cheese, and ranch. I love ranch. I put ranch on everything. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, Duncan. So the reason why you're here, I know that you are going to bless us. I've said this multiple times, but I just know that it's going to be so great. Um, so you are a financial planner. So talk to us about what you do and talk to us about, I guess, why you do it and you know what kind of like led you down this path and what do you think? I'm kind of asking you a bunch of stuff. I apologize at once. Um, but what do you think is like the most important thing for your clients to know from a financial planning perspective? Good question. So I think um, some of the stuff you already talked about is is super relevant, right? Um, you don't really learn financial planning 
Um, it's more so something that unless you have someone in your family who does it, or um, you connect with a financial planner like me, or maybe you're in a program that teaches you a little bit about business and mm -hmm. relates to financial planning, um, that term can be a catch-all for a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, and so before I talk about what financial planning is, I'll walk you through my yep. upbringing and actually how I got to the point because sure. it wasn't necessarily a straight line. <laughs> okay. um, I grew up, um, I would say, in a, a, a middle-class family, um, not a bunch of money, um, never had allowance, vacations, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, my parents didn't really teach me all that much about money, um, mm -hmm. but I did learn the value of hard work. Um, I started working for myself when I was 12, 13, 14 in that range. Okay. And so that was basically spending money. I was the kid that if you wanted to buy Subway while you were on your bikes as a kid, um, I was the guy that, you know, would give you money for that and stuff like that in the front. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But, you know, I knew I always wanted to do something in business. And so as I was finishing high school and figuring out what I wanted to do for college and beyond, I knew mm -hmm. I wanted to go into business, but I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I dabbled with like stock market investments and some of that stuff in high school mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do long term for a career. Um, and so my first two years of school was basically spent interviewing at different internships and stuff like that within finance because I was mm -hmm. a finance major. But I didn't find financial planning until my junior year of college. I took a couple positions within finance and investment planning that were good. I had good experience. I loved the companies and the teams I was on, but I didn't really feel like I was making an impact on anyone. Um, and I didn't really feel like I had my fingerprints on the work. It was more so detached from the end product. And, um, you know, I got introduced to a recruiter um, at the University of Minnesota who gave me an opportunity to come interview for a financial planning role, which was a client facing role. And I love talking with people, hearing their stories, much like you and the podcast, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I felt like it was a really good mix between um, the math and kind of the nerdy part of financial plan that I love, but mm -hmm. also the client facing role and getting to connect with people um, as I do every day when I have financial planning meetings. Absolutely. And so I did an internship for about a year, absolutely loved it, test drove the career a little bit. And then uh, I went full time once I graduated and I've been full time in the career for almost four years. And Honestly, the, the best part about what I do is getting people to accomplish their financial goals. And that's going to mean different things to different people. Absolutely. Um, but really, as I mentioned this when we first started, financial planning is an umbrella term. If you Google what financial planning is, yeah. you're going to find zeros and commas in the search results. And it's really hard to understand yeah. what's good or what's bad unless you work with someone like me to help okay. you through investing, budgeting, employee benefit planning, insurance planning, estate planning. There's so many parts of financial planning to get into. Yes. Um, and ultimately what I find is most people, if they self-manage a plan and don't work with someone, tend to make mistakes or put financial planning off, both of which are not advantageous for a good financial future. And really what I do at the end of the day is make sure that financial planning happens and make sure that what you're doing aligns with your goals and your dreams and things you want to have happen. Because um, what we know to be universally true is the choices you make today financially, the habits you build are going to impact your future. And so it's my job to make sure that that actually happens. And that's what I get to do for clients. So, Long-winded answer, but I hope that fills in some gaps for the audience. That's okay. I asked you three questions at once, so you answered it beautifully. Um, yeah, so ways that you have changed my life is you have introduced to me what a budget is. 
you know, and that's, that's a very simple term, but when you think about it, like I said, you know, we weren't taught financial literacy in mm -hmm. school, whereas a lot of us, like you said, you're in finances and your own parents didn't even teach you about it. It's just, it's something that isn't talked about a lot. It's kind of like a, a niche. So, you know, I didn't really ever think about what a budget was until you actually introduced that to me. Um, mm -hmm. You have sent me a printout of it that you can type on the computer or you can print it out and write it down. And it just really changed my way of thinking. And I'm still kind of mastering that concept. But I think that, I think that, like you said, financial planning is a very broad term. I think that the emphasis should be on planning because I think if you have a plan, you're guaranteed for success because you're taking your time, you're planning it, you're going through what can work, what, or what does work, what doesn't work. Um, and you know, you've shown me things that I can tweak in my personal life, personal finances. Um, you have shown me um, the importance of life insurance, which is something that I want you to talk about as well. Um, insurance, things like that, different things that we've done together um, that people don't think of. You know, I am, I usually don't share my age for casting purposes because I am, <laughs> I am a, <laughs> an aspiring actor model, but I'm in my early thirties and, you know, I mean, for me to have just heard that term budget and, you know, you know what it means in life, but you didn't re never really applied it to your life. It's yeah. crazy. So well, let me, let me comment on that too. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. I mean, mm -hmm. as I mentioned earlier, I graduated from a good business school and a finance degree. Mm -hmm. They don't teach us anything about budgeting at all. And there's three numbers that we need to know in financial planning across the board for every single client. Number mm -hmm. one is your income. Number yes. two is how much you're spending. There's going to be fixed expenses that might not change, but right. there's also going to be discretionary expenses that might change from month. Yes, and then absolutely. We need to know your surplus, right? How much a month are you able to save, invest, or spend? And if we don't know those numbers, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard. Some absolutely. months you're going to have success, but most mm -hmm. months you're not because you're not being honest with yourself. And I can honestly say the majority of people I meet, they actually probably underestimate their expenses. And that's human nature, right? We forget yeah. about things, we prescribe to, uh, subscription, yeah. stuff like that. At yeah. the end of the month, we're like, oh my gosh, where all this money go? Well, that's part of having the open discussion. Um, yeah. And I like challenging clients with it too, because um, I share clients my budget, my uh, template that I use individually. And mm -hmm. it's important to be honest with yourself to say, okay, <laughs> maybe I'm spending too much here. If I want to save and plan for the future, well, maybe Absolutely. I need to that back or hey, you know, maybe I need to adjust this. And, and that's what planning to your point is. It's really um, building by design and making Absolutely. sure. And something that you just mentioned that I don't know if anybody else out there is like me. I just opened a savings account, just yeah. opened it. I don't put anything in it yet. I'm still working on sorting through my bills, but saving is so important. Like you said, saving, investing. Um, I know nothing about stocks um, and that's been something that I was curious about, but you've taught me about that as well. There, there's just so many different, um, you know, aspects out there. There's different types of stocks. There's different types of investments. And, you know, you taught me what an IRA was and different things like that. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's a lot, but it's, it's, it's simple when you really start to just talk to people like yourself about it because it's really not so hard of a concept. It's just that we don't know. 
And, and most people that I meet, most of what they know about money, good, bad, or indifferent is from their parents growing up. Absolutely. Um, you know, I had two loving parents growing up that instilled hard work and, and to save yes. money, but they never sat me down to say, Hey, you should be saving here, investing here. Here's the tools you should be using. Here's, yes. split it up. Here's what's good or bad. And mm-hmm. so most of the people that I meet with, they want to be doing the right thing, but until they have someone like me to meet with that is licensed to give them good advice, it's really hard to make good financial decisions because you're not sure what's good or bad for you. Um, I'll give you an example, right? With your savings account, um, you know, right now with where interest rates are, um, if you were to save for like retirement in a savings account, well, that'd be better than spending the money and doing nothing. But because you're getting less than 1% as opposed to saving for retirement in a Roth IRA or retirement account, well, that's going to be a big difference. And so um, a lot of that is is formed by what our parents have told us or not told us or people closest to us growing up. And that's where a lot of that trade-off decision comes into play. Nothing is really good or bad inherently in finance and financial planning until we compare it to an alternative. And that's really not good or bad as well until we compare it to your plan. Absolutely. And you said something that resonated with me. We definitely are taught by our parents, whether we're sat down or not, you know, what you learn about money is what you, what you observe in your parents. You know, my father was very financially savvy, but he had a lot of debt. He spent money like crazy, but he, I I know for, I know easily that he definitely had an 800 credit score. If not an 850, he was immaculate at paying his bills and paying his credit, but he had a lot of debt. You know, he's, he's, he bought things like crazy. If we had my mom on here, she could tell you we didn't have room for all the stuff, all the clothes and the machines and gadgets he would buy. And when you see that, you know, for me, um, my backstory is I'm a travel nurse. And I don't know that I've mentioned that yet on the podcast, but I'm a travel nurse by profession. Um, and when I started out in my job, you know, making a lot of money, making more than, you know, minimum wage and not having a lot of bills at that point, um, living, still living at home, you know, um, I was making good money. And I remember my very first job, I worked at McDonald's and I remember having a savings account then. And from my point of working at McDonald's to my second nursing job, I saved almost $25,000. And I was proud of that, you know? And like you said, at the time, I didn't know like of interest rates and stuff like that. Like it ideally wasn't the best way to save that. I could have made that into a lot more. But where where my downfall was, was I like to be cute, obviously wear <laughs> fancy stuff and buy clothes and whatnot. So I started using all of my money and investing in credit cards, collecting Chase credit cards like a crazy person. I had a Disney Chase credit card. I had a I don't even know. I had, I had everything in the collection, every chase card I had, and I was using it to like invest in like my wardrobe and just things like that. Just like my lifestyle, I I guess. And I blew through that $25,000. Wish I had that today. And you know, you just little things like that. Like you said, like I was observing what my parents did. I was observing what my father did with money we made good money and we paid our bills, but we spent it like water. We spent it just as soon as it came in. And then fast forward to today, you know, and the one thing that I want to say, I'm kind of being long-winded, but the one thing I want to tell people out there is even if you get started today, 
with your financial planning journey or just financial literacy, you're in a better space than if you never do it at all. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about debt for a second. That's yes. Comes up, especially with a lot of yes. medical clients I do financial planning for. I do yes. a lot of planning for nurses, physicians, uh, practitioners, CRNAs, and mm -hmm. um, you know, even for people that are not in the medical field. Yeah. Um, coming out of school with student loan debt, for example, you know, if we look at what our parents' situation was, if they went to school uh, to get any form of degree, you know, back when they were in their late teens, early twenties, the cost of going to school has gone through the roof yes. and student loans <laughs> were not necessarily the same thing um, back then as they are now. And so what happens with a lot of the people in our generation, and by the way, um, I'm 26. And so I do financial planning for people that are just coming out of school, uh, mm -hmm. my age, older, uh, pre-retirement in their 50s, 60s and retired. Yes. Um, what I find to be true a lot of the time is no one's really educated them about debt what good debt is, low interest rate debt that's controllable versus what bad debt is. Uh, so I'll give you an example with me. I have student loans. I have a mix between federal and private. Um, my parents didn't really have any student loans coming out of school. Um, my dad graduated with uh, hardly any debt at a four-year institution. My mom has a two-year associate's degree. Well, they basically paid everything out of pocket. They didn't have to worry about loans or yeah. you know, private, federal, whatever. Absolutely. And so when I went through my program, I was in, originally in a five-year program and I took five years to finish school um, total, in total. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing with my student loans. I had a student loan advisor, right. um, but she never necessarily taught me about the financial planning side of that and how to prepare to pay those loans off mm -hmm. once I got done with the program and started right. working. Um, right. And, you know, in our generation, um, debt is really not talked about. Credit cards are really not talked about. And um, there's good debt and there's bad debt. And we have to make sure that when we're doing a financial plan um, and for the future, we consider those things because that's extremely important. Uh, so for me, right, when I got out of school, I was like, oh my gosh, like I racked up all this debt. Um, I didn't think I did that. Well, I didn't even have anyone advising me um, along the way of how to go about that, right? Absolutely. So. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that That's something that we are not, you know, when we're in college, we're working towards like a long-term goal. We're in school and we're, you know, we have those financial advisors, but a lot of them don't, they don't tell you that, you know, and, you know, I was blessed that I, I did get a job pretty quickly out of school. You know, my, my field is in demand, but there's people that it is hard to find a job and you're expected to pay that back, you know? Yep. So that is something that we're not told and we don't, you know, sometimes it's just easy to overlook some things because you're working on other things. Life is busy. So, and you, yeah. and you said a term, you said something that really stuck out to me as well. Good debt versus bad debt. Mm -hmm. And just to give you your, your views an example, good mm -hmm. debt would be something like mortgage, right? 3% right. interest over 10, 20, 30 years, however long yeah. the mortgage is, that's controllable. You wouldn't necessarily yeah. need to pay over what the minimum payment would be. Because right. it's not going to accrue interest all that fast where it's going to boil out of control to where mm -hmm. you're swimming in debt, you know, a couple of years later after you start the loan. Absolutely. Um, but to your point, credit card debt would be bad debt because, you know, depending on the company, the balance, how it's set up, that can be 25%. And even if you have a minimum balance of a couple thousand, um, as opposed to a bigger amount like a mortgage, if you have a 25% loan versus a 3% loan, 
credit card over here and a mortgage here, well, that starts to spiral out of control pretty quickly. Um, and so we want to avoid the bad debt if we can um, and you know, use the good debt um, if we can and have a strategy around both. The other thing I was going to mention too, and your viewers might find this really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned this earlier, I'm 26. One of the, the key things that is interesting in the financial planning industry is the industry as a whole in terms of financial planners and advisors is getting older. The average age of advisors is around like 55 years old. So I'm um, somewhat of an anomaly in that I'm younger. But where I start to see this impact a lot of younger clients who are coming out of school is mm -hmm. their parents might have an advisor that is going to retire the time their parents retire. And it's not going to be able to work with them to get ahead of something like student loan planning or teaching them about basic credit cards, savings accounts, investment accounts. And ultimately, a lot of the younger clients in their 20s and early 30s the millennials or the Gen Zers or Y yeah. or whatever generation. <laughs> a lot of those people are not going to have the opportunity to work with someone that can give them sound advice because a lot of the people that are in the industry like myself are getting older and close to retirement or getting you know ready to retire altogether. Um, and there's no financial planner there to replace them to give them good advice for their generation. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure there might be one or two people in the audience who are like, you know what? I like finance. I should become a financial planner. Well, this is my pitch to you. <laughs> um, Absolutely. To contact with someone um, and see if it's for you because it's very rewarding for me to be in the industry to help people. But I'm also looking for other people that um, would benefit in a teaching role like myself to work with clients because unfortunately, we're just not going to have enough financial planners to work with all the people that need it, um, especially in, in my generation and our generation. So. That's my one plug for the day. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a great point. Um, you know, we, we all in life are in need of financial advice. We all can benefit from it. Even, even rich people can benefit from, you know, from advice. So that's a great point. There is not enough planners to help all of us because think about how many people there are in the world. And to your benefit, you being your age, you being 26 years old, that works so well for people like me because we can basically go through our life together. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how you said, how you said a lot of them will retire when your parents retire. And then what do you do? You exactly. Know, Duncan is 26 years old and has been at this for four years and has so much experience already. And he, we can relate to Duncan because he's our age. He's around, he's from our generation. So, and not, no, you know, nothing against anybody that's older because the older generation definitely has advice that they can give us as well. But that is just something to your benefit. You're relatable because we're from the same generation. So like you said, just being out of school, you know, a lot yeah. of us can relate to that. And I, I have experienced working with um, clients who have met with maybe their parents advisor even that's reached out and wanted to help them. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just very hard because I think financial planning is daunting and intimidating to a lot of people yeah and it shouldn't be that way yeah but you know my goal when i work with clients and i've told you this kevin is mm -hmm. to make sure that you're aware of what you're doing and why to empower you to continue to make good financial decisions but maybe not nerd out about financial planning so much that you go start your own financial planning practice on the weekends and you know, <laughs> compete for clients or anything like that so there's this give and take on how do we make something that is a completely complex topic in finance and not necessarily dumb it down, but 
explain it to someone in a way that they understand why they're doing it or why it's good or bad for them in the context of their overall financial plan. And that teaching is what I find a lot of value in um, and what clients find a lot of value in because um, one of the main pieces of feedback I, I always get from clients is, well, I thought this was gonna be so much more complex. Financial planning does not need to be complex. There are certain clients I work with that have more complex situations or naturally plan that we do is gonna be more complex, but it shouldn't be that way. It should be accessible to everyone. Um, and a lot of people think that you have to make a lot of money to work with a financial planner or you have to be in a certain life stage. That is not the case. Um, you know, really, I, I think everyone should be working with someone uh, mm -hmm. because everyone deserves good advice. But again, to our point earlier, unless you know someone in your family or friend group that does what I do, or you get introduced to someone, it's just really hard to make good financial decisions independently, not just in a short amount of time, but over 20, 30, 40 years of working and then in retirement, right? Um, I met a couple last week who had never worked with, worked with a financial planner um, and they're 55. And so they want to retire by 60. So they have a five-year window. Well, when we lifted up the hood of their financial plan of what they've done independently without an advisor or a planner, there was a lot of good and there was a lot of bad. And the good happened by accident. They were throwing darts at the dartboard. Um, some strategies worked and some didn't. So that happened by accident. But the planning that was bad happened by design because they didn't have someone looking over their plan and getting to know them over 10, 20, 30 years of working to make sure that they're actually gonna be okay. And the fact that they reached out and wanted to connect, uh, we're gonna get a plan going and they're gonna be okay, but they would have been that much better if they would have been working with not just me, but any financial planner along the way. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you said you made a point to say that financial planning is for everybody. I think that there are so many people out there and I can speak from my generation, our generation's perspective. I think there's a lot of people that feel like they have to be rich or they have to have a good income. They have to make good money to have a planner. And I'm glad that you said that that's not the case. I think everybody can benefit from it. Um, you don't have to make a set amount of money to have a planner, to have somebody to help you. It's, it's such important knowledge that, you know, you should want to be your best self. You should want to live your best life. And how else can you do that if you are not planning adequately? You know what I mean? So I'm really glad that you said that. Um, something that I want to have you to talk about, because this really helped me. This is something that I didn't know. Um, and here's a point that I want to make with that being said, um, you know, me being in my early thirties, a lot of even your generation, our generation, I keep saying like we're separate, but you know, our age group, the twenties, the thirties, a lot of us don't think about retirement. A lot of us, you know, it's like out of sight, out of mind for me, it's, it's 30, 30 something years away, but it's, it's getting closer than you think. And that's something that I've always known is important, but I haven't necessarily taken the time to do it. Um, if I would have been doing it ever since when I told you guys that I saved up to $25,000, just imagine where I would be now. So to that point, we should be thinking about retirement. We should be, um, we should have a plan in place because I mean, if you, and I'm somebody, I don't keep up with the news, but if you think about how much the resources out there are dwindling for the current generation that's retired. What's there? What's to say that there's going to be anything in place for us when we reach that age? 
So I think it's very important that we do plan for retirement because someday, whether you plan to retire or not, you are going to be forced to retire, whether it be health reasons, your age, you know, whatever happens. I see in my field, I see a lot of people that end up being put on disability and you don't plan for that. You don't plan to be disabled. It just life happens. So if you, again, don't have those resources and that planning in place, you're set up yeah. for failure. So I would love for you to, to describe the importance of retirement in a better way than me. Um, and also to describe, um, you had mentioned retirement accounts and traditional Roth IRAs and things like that. So I'm sure there's a lot of people like myself, I didn't know what that meant. Um, so if you could break that down for us. Yeah, well, let's start with retirement. That's yes. a buzzword and an umbrella term in yes. financial planning. If you Google yes. what that means, you're mm -hmm. gonna get zeros and commas in the search results. That is a very hard term to define. Yes. And with good reason, because yes. for every client, it's gonna mean something different. Mm -hmm. you know, retirement for myself and the way I explain it to clients is really the day in the future um, for future Kevin, for example, future Duncan, mm -hmm. where you and I are gonna be financially stable enough to never have to work for the money again. However, a lot of people on this call um, and on uh, the podcast, absolutely. Be like, well, I want to stay busy. Well, that's your choice. You might choose to right. be on that point in your future because you love what you do, you find purpose in your work, and you want to stay busy. Uh, for example, my father, um, he's probably going to like drop dead on the job. He just loves what he does. Um, <laughs> he works for a school district, and um, he absolutely loves it. And you know, for him, he doesn't really necessarily need to work for the money anymore, but um, he's not working for free. So it's just excess beyond that point. Um, but you brought up a good point earlier. You know, if you had, you know, saved up that 25,000 in a retirement account or a stock market account, as opposed to the bank, um, the eighth wonder of the world um, is compound interest. And I'm not sure if, if people on this, this podcast have heard of that before. Mm -hmm. um, another buzzword, but basically what it means is um, interest building on interest. Thomas Edison coined it, the eighth wonder of the world. And if we look at you not saving, you know, let's just say, you know, you didn't start financial planning now, but you started two years from now. Well, if we look at where you would end up five years from now, the person that didn't start as opposed to the person that did start, there's going to be a gap, but it's not going to be like 10x. But if we fast forward 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, it's going to be millions of dollars of difference that show up that are not going to be there for the person that didn't start in those two years. And so with something like retirement, I don't think anyone I speak to in their 20s knows exactly what they're going to be doing for retirement, knows exactly where they're going to be, how much money they're going to need in a given month or a given year, but they know that they want to have the option to not have to work for the money beyond a certain point. And that's where we start to talk about, well, if that's you, where can we put money today to give you that optionality down the road? So if you say, you know what, I'm waving the white flag, I'm done working altogether, I'm never going to earn another dime, well, then that can be you. But if you're someone who wants to maybe work part-time and cut your hours, maybe do something completely different than what you were doing in your working career, well, then you have that optionality too, uh, because ultimately it alleviates financial stress and burden because you're not worried about the work anymore, you're worried about living life outside of that. And that's a big part of financial planning, alleviate that stress. If you look at the statistics behind what drives the most stress of relationships and, and just basic human stuff, finances are always up there, number one or number two, and it shouldn't be that way. 
But a large portion of why that happens is because people don't understand what's good or bad, or they don't have a grasp around their finances enough to know that what they're doing is going to be okay for their future with all their goals, financially, personally, and professionally. Um, so that's how we approach retirement. Now, you brought up retirement accounts. And so most people, especially when they're young, they think of retirement, not in terms of like age of 65 on a beach in Florida, uh, sipping cocktails every day. They think of retirement in terms of like a 401k or an IRA or a Roth. Um, and I think that's completely fair because the primary way we save for retirement is with a retirement account. Um, and there are different types of retirement accounts that do different things. But for the purpose of this conversation, there's a couple things that we should care about for retirement. Number one is how much you should be contributing, which is technically not right or wrong until we compare it to when you want to retire and what type of lifestyle you want that retirement account to provide you once you're done working. Uh, the second thing we care about is how you should be contributing. There's what's called a Roth contribution and a traditional contribution. Those are different. And depending on tax rates today, based on how much you make, where tax rates are historically versus in the future, one of those is significantly better than the other. Um, and the third thing we care about is how the investments in the account are actually invested. And so a 401k, a Roth IRA, a 403b, those are all retirement accounts, but we can think of those as cookie jars. It's just the type of account which dictates how it's taxed, how much you can put in, when you can take the money out, and certain factors that are set. But what actually drives the growth in the account are the cookies or the investments that we put in the cookie jar. And so there's a lot of different investments we can put in a retirement account. There's stocks, mutual funds, bonds, index funds, ETFs, and nothing is really good or bad until we compare it to your risk tolerance and also those couple of factors that we talked about. Um, and so those are just some basic things about defining retirement, but also talking about retirement accounts that we use typically to save for that day. Absolutely. And you've taught me not only that, but other things that you can tie into, um, I guess, ultimately your retirement, but just your financial life. Um, you've taught me about short and long-term disability. Um, you've taught me about life insurance. You've taught me about, there's so many different accounts. And just like you were just saying, when people think about retirement, it's it's either A, sipping a cocktail on a beach when you're you know elderly, or B, your 401k or other accounts. I didn't realize that you could basically put these other accounts that also benefit you. You know, yeah. I think I think that that's something else that our generation doesn't think of is having life insurance, you know, having life insurance, um, having uh, short and long term disability, because, again, you know, you don't know when that's going to happen. And you've said this to me before and planning how, you know, if you are not able to make the amount of money that you're used to making temporarily, then what what happens with your bills? You get into trouble. So all of those things are so important. And um, I think that having a financial planner such as yourself can only bless you and help you because the, I think that that's something that a lot of people such as myself, we never thought of before. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. So if we divide financial planning in half, there's an offensive side and there's a defensive side. The offensive side is things like saving, investing, you know, putting money into retirement accounts, putting money uh, in places where it grows. But then there's also a defensive side as well, which is equally important. 
you know, in terms of like a sports game, we want to score more than we give up, right? So if we're scoring 100 points a game and we're giving up 120 because we don't address the defensive side of planning, well, then we're still losing the game. And so we also want to make sure that we mitigate risk. And so for a lot of the younger clients I meet, um, their income is their greatest asset. And so everything you do from a financial planning perspective revolves around one thing, and that's your income and your ability to earn it. So regardless of how much you're making, whether it's 40 grand or 400 grand, whatever the case is, your ability to save for goals, pay down debt, save for retirement, provide for yourself, your family, whatever your situation is, that revolves around your ability to go to work and do what you do. And so a concept that we talk about with clients in financial planning is what happens if you can't do your job because you're sick, you're hurt, something happens, there's a glitch in your medical history, and you're out of work, not for like a couple of weeks, but for a couple of months or a year or two years. And most people on the podcast probably have, you know, an employee benefit plan that will replace a percentage of what you make up to a certain degree, but that's typically designed to like keep you off the street and keep you going. It's not designed to replace your lifestyle you had or save in a retirement accounts and do any single goal planning that you were doing before. And so having something like disability insurance is there to basically bulletproof your income, even if you can't work. Um, and that's something that we wanna do between now and when you retire and you have no more income to generate. Um, you also brought up life insurance and life insurance is something, especially for younger clients, I think um, is something that really isn't talked about enough because life insurance is based on two things, your age, and your health. And so the younger you are and the healthier you are, the sooner it makes sense to get life insurance in place because once you have it in place, um, they can never take it away from you. It's there. And so most of the younger clients I meet probably never think that their health is going to deteriorate. They're never gonna get a bad diagnosis of the doctor. Uh, they're gonna stay the same weight from now until 65. That doesn't happen. And you can imagine in my role, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everywhere in between. Um, and so those are things that we want to address early because nothing that we do on the offensive side of planning really matters unless we address those risks and other defensive topics within a financial plan as well. And life insurance is fairly inexpensive too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of plans that I've seen and you can be insured for, you know, X amount of dollars and all you have to pay is this amount per month. That's, you know, we should all do that. It's only investing in ourselves. Yeah. And I also think people underestimate the value of like human capital. You know, you're going to make X amount of money from now until 65. You're going to have X amount of investments, X amount of earnings, X amount of, you know, all these financial things. And I think the one thing we take for granted is all that stops if you pass away. And so we want to make yes. sure that we have life insurance in place to replace that those assets that you're earning throughout your lifetime. And, and that's where that can be a, a really big thing for most of, of the people I do financial planning for. Absolutely. And I want to do a quick plug for the people like me that work in travel nursing. Now, you, Duncan is able to help anybody. You don't have to be in nursing. You don't have to be in healthcare. But Duncan has an extraordinary gift that he is able to especially help people like myself, travel nurses who, in a sense, were self-employed. We're not, you know, all the way self self-employed, but as particularly as travel nurses, I think that we especially can benefit from somebody helping us because I don't know about y'all out there, but I mean, rent's going up, 
you see what gas prices are. You know, <laughs> if you're and if you're like me, you're not just a traveler that you travel locally. You travel. I'm from Ohio and I'm living in Los Angeles right now. So I think that Duncan is a resource that can benefit you, especially in our field in nursing and in healthcare, not just not just travel nurses or even just staff nurses that don't travel. But like he said, he works with medical professionals of all kinds. And I think especially us being in healthcare, we can especially benefit from that because we've seen it all. We see, you know, we see people that come in healthy and come out with a new lifelong chronic illness that they didn't know. We see people that were injured in an accident and their life has changed forever. You just don't, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So especially to my travel nurses out there that I've worked with and the nurses that I've been in school with and have met along the way. I've met a lot of nurses. I definitely want to encourage y'all to seek this, the counsel and the service of Duncan because he's blessed me a lot. And we're not even, we haven't even scratched the surface. We just got started. Everything that he has talked about, you know, just putting finances into perspective. And, and I said at the beginning of the episode that I would be vulnerable. I've told you a little bit about my spending habits, you know, um, when I lost my father in 20, 2018, the, the, the end of 2018, I had to use, I, I'm being very vulnerable because I've had people in my life judge this before, but I, I heard a quote today that says, I'm not going to argue with anybody about myself so people can think what they want. And that's not for, that's not for the podcast audience. That's for people in my life that may hear this. But anyway, my point is I was in a place where I had to use some of the money that was left to me for bills to get to get by because I was fired from my job. And that's something that a lot of people in my life don't know about, period, that I've been fired before. And I used to beat myself up over that because I'm kind of a perfectionist and losing a job was like failure to me, you know, and but I realize in life that it's a very common thing. Some of the greatest people in life have been fired and look where they've gone to. I can't think of a particular example at the moment, but you hear about so many different celebrities and people that are, you know, we know who they are today, but when we see where they've started and have been fired. But my point with all of that, the point of why I'm sharing this story is, is I was in a place where, you know, I was left, me and my brother were left money by my father and you know, that was how I got by for a while. I didn't have a job. Um, I was suffering mentally from the loss of my father and I was grieving and I, and I was depressed and I was anxious. And that's a whole nother episode, anxiety and depression. But my point is that when things like that happen in life, if you don't have the tools to get yourself out of it, you can stay in it, which is what happened to me for many, many years. I was to a point where I didn't have anything saved. I didn't have anything in the bank to pay my bills. And yes, I could have went back to work as a nurse because I'm in a field that is in demand that I can get a job, but my mental health was suffering because of the loss of my father. And that's, there's a whole backstory with that. But I just want to say that, you know, you never know what's going to happen in your life. You know, you don't know what's going to happen today, later today, tomorrow. So planning is just your best bet to guarantee success. If, if you take your time planning and you plan it out and you look at it from every angle, you're more apt to be successful because you're not just rushing into it or you're not just ignoring it altogether and not planning at all. So I just want to definitely say that to my nurses out there. Um, definitely, you know, seek the 
the counsel of a financial planner. Duncan is great. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought there because there was something I was going to ask you particularly. I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned the healthcare aspect of what you do. Yeah. Um, and I think that yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Um, I can work with whoever I want to work with. But one of the reasons that I do financial planning for so many medical clients is because, you know, I think most of the medical clients I meet have two things in common. The first thing is I've never met someone in the medical field who isn't well-educated, right? You go through nursing school, you take boards, you get licensed in the States uh, that you practice in. Maybe you go back uh, to school, get an NP, uh, maybe you're a medical resident, then you do your fellowship and then you start practicing. And along the way, no one really sits you down and talks to you about money. To my point earlier, I was a finance major and they don't teach us that. And so you're running a million miles an hour. You wanna be doing the right thing um, you want to learn about that, but you're just not sure who to turn to. Um, and that's really tough. And so uh, well-educated, but not educated about money is really the first takeaway I've had after you know thousands of meetings with a lot of your peers. And then the second thing is I've never met someone in the medical field who isn't busy. And so due to lack of time, <laughs> if you're working absolutely you know, hours or you're working night shifts or you know, you're on call as a physician, it's really tough to delegate, or I'm sorry, to dedicate the amount dedicate the amount of time mm -hmm. needed for your financial planning um, and do it independently. And so there's really the need to delegate some of that to someone who can handle it um, and really address it um, over a longer time horizon. So I think medical clients are unique in the sense of, um, you know, those factors. Uh, but I also think that um, there are people that are caring and they want to do the right thing. And ultimately, a lot of the clients that I bring on who are in the medical field, like yourself, um, a lot of feedback I get from them are, um, you know, I'm caring, I'm doing this to help people and the work that I do also helps. And so there's a unique synergy that kind of builds between the work that we do uh, in different ways though. Absolutely. And nurses, we're notorious for taking care of everybody but ourselves. We take yeah, care absolutely. of our patients. We take care of the patient's families. <laughs> Excuse me. We take care of, you know, the, the, the administration. We don't take care of ourselves. So, you know, like you said, having having a planner as a tool, as a resource to help you when you're so busy. You know, we work, most of us work 12 hour shifts. If you're in the hospital setting, there's definitely other areas. Um, but even if you're not working 12 hours, even working five, eight hour shifts a week can still be exhausting. It's just, it's a very heavy field mentally. Um, so I just think that you hit the nail on the head. It's very important. And all it can do is help us having somebody to help us. Um, I think that the last thing that I want to say is I just want to know if there's anything that you feel that we haven't covered or anything that you haven't said that you think is important to note about financial planning. Um, I've tried to be engaged and ask questions, you know, that I felt from what you've told me and what I felt inside of my heart. But I just want to make sure that there's nothing that you feel that you haven't said. Yeah. Well, I, I would encourage anyone listening to this to, you know, work with a financial planner. Um, I am not the right fit for everyone but I believe everyone deserves good financial planning advice, regardless of how much you make, what profession you're in, or what life stage you're in. Um, you know, I believe that a single individual, 23 years old, um, not a ton of expenses, living life in their 20s, they deserve just as good of financial planning advice as you know, a married couple with four kids in, in their 50s does, right? So everyone should be working with someone um, because very few people can do financial planning correctly 
independently if they're not working with someone. I actually work with a lot of people who are in financial planning as well, um, who, you know, you wouldn't believe have things in their financial plan that I have no idea how they got there. And a lot of clients don't either. Right. And so with that being said, you know, I sleep better at night knowing that more people in the world are working with a financial planner, because what we know to be true is that if you start early um, and invest your time and the vulnerability to say, hey, I probably don't know everything. I'd love to sit down with a financial planner and see if it's a fit. I would encourage everyone to do that because it's a lot like having a personal trainer. You know, if you go to the gym and you go five times a week, well, you're going to see some results. But if you have someone training you or a training partner there with you, it's going to intensify that. And you're going to see a, you know, a completely different curve of your results over time. And, and that's really what financial planning is. Um, and I would encourage your, your listeners to, to reach out to myself or someone else, um, because really the worst thing that can happen is um, it's not the right time or maybe it's not the right fit. But at least you'll take that step to know what financial planning is and actually get ahead of the curve um, from where you would have been if you wouldn't have started earlier. And so I would encourage all your listeners to do that. And believe me, as financial planners, it helps us sleep better at night knowing that people are actually you know, caring about their future and wanting to do the right thing for their future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared with us. Thank you um, just for being a resource today. Um, a lot of, again, a lot of us don't have the financial information. So for you to come on and to try to help us with your skills and your knowledge means a lot. So I thank you for that. Um, yeah. So this has been all the time that we have today for cultivation with Kevy. Um, I will be, if you follow me on my Instagram page at cultivation with Kevy, cultivation is spelled with a K and not a C for Kevy. Um, I will be including some information of how to reach Duncan, um, services that he provides, information about him. Um, it'll be on the Instagram post. Um, Duncan is also on Facebook. And um, Duncan is just, he's been phenomenal for me in my life. And I know that he can help you as well. Um, so everything that you need to get in contact with him will be on my page. And with that being said, I thank you guys very much. And until next time, this has been Cultivation with Kevy. Take care. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thank having you so me. much. Have Absolutely. a great day. You too.